I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm in Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm direct to the fifth element where I highlight the fifth element hip hop, which is knowledge. And you fucking rap nerds about to get in now. You know what? You know what would have been perfect? Bigger than Tyler. <laughs> Tyler raps. I'm a fucking walking paradox, and we're gonna find out that yes, realist, realist by he's ever said. Yes, you are a walking paradox. Realist by he's ever said. Um, the rest of them. Hi Ben, how's your week been? We've been listening this week. Well, I have not prepared at all for what I listened to this week. Can't even remember what I listened to this week. So I'm going on to my graphic, the greatest graphic in the game. Right. The greatest graphic. Oh, that's right. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was a lot of music that came out. Um, so much. Wow. Gunner. Gunner, Gunner, Gunner dropped an album. Thousand one for sure. And yeah, I wasn't going to listen to it because DS4... I liked it in the sense that it gave me a viral moment and I felt pretty good about that. But apart from that, I had no interest in it whatsoever. Even pushing P, I didn't think was a banger. But everyone was talking about this album and saying it was it was amazing. So I'm like, okay, fuck it. This was like 20 minutes after it dropped. I'm like, let's check this out. So I spun it. And it's incredible. It is fucking incredible. Gunnar, I think the level up in his whatever he's doing, his, his rapping, his content, his, his passion, his energy... I haven't seen a level up like that so soon. When did DS4 come out? Like two years ago. And this is just like light years ahead of that. Unbelievable, scorching, incendiary, aggressive, powerful, like wild statements on here. The energy is just amazing. He's running like he's, sorry, he's rapping like he's running downstairs constantly. He's just out of breath all the time because he just can't, his lungs are going to come out of his fucking throat. It's unbelievable. So Gunner just leveled the fuck up. So I've got to, got to show respect to Gunner for that. It's a very solid project. Um, Kill Mike dropped. It's not what I expected. It's not 2012's rap music. It's not RTJ. Uh, it's it's kind of Kill Mike, I feel like, transitioning into his middle, the middle part of his career. And it's probably, you would say, later career stage for Killer Mike right now because he's been around for so long. But honestly, there's a lot left in him. Like, I can see this transition. It kind of feels like the common transition, you know, in the mid-2010s where he's moving more towards spoken word at times, jazz stretches, you know, broken down instrumentals. But at the same time, there's still some absolute fucking bangers on here with Killer Mike switching his flow up like crazy. It's a very fascinating album, and it's not one that you're going to pick up on first listen and be like, I understand everything on here. It's going to take multiple listens. So, yeah, shout out Killer Mike on that. Uh, Wiz Khalifa dropped yet another totally unlistenable project. He's incapable of making listenable music for last, like, six or seven years. I've just no idea what has happened to his content, but I can't stand listening to Wiz Khalifa anymore. It just doesn't do it for me at all. Um, What else have we got in here? BK the Ruler dropped like a little acoustic thing, and it was not that great. I I don't think that the voice is carrying that, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, And I really loved her last album. I freaking adored it. I really did LP 
five level one i think it was or lp1 level five or something like that but no it was brilliant so yeah this one was just a little bit it, it didn't really hit for me uh zetoven dropped another that another one that is just unlistenable very very bad project very bad project like i'm not really sure what's going on there um and chingy dropped chingy dropped his first project in i don't remember what his last project was but i just remember that I've still got jackpot loaded up in a car CD player and it still gets bulk spins from me. I was really nice to hear Chingy in 2023, man. It really was. 20 years later, uh, we got a Twister track on here, just getting the thrown back to that 2003 energy, that kamikaze energy, just legendary. And yeah, man, it's it's okay. I don't I don't dislike it. I don't like it as much as jackpot. I don't think it's anywhere near as I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do here. There's no earworms, but it sounds like he's trying to make earworms. But he's also trying to make like more mature, grown-up songs. Anyway, I don't know. I think me and the other eleven people who listened to this project enjoyed it because we just love Chingy. So shout out Chingy. And that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Ah uh, yes. Um, so I got into a world lead. Uh, 11 projects this uh, this week um that's a year best a personal best for me this week uh, this year um so let's start off with uh, marquis hill um spelled m a r q u i s hill uh rituals plus routines um it's a little just a kind of abstract jazz album here um i say album ep ish 24 minutes uh eight tracks i'm consider that an ep and um, there's a really just nice blend here of uh, just this um, kind of like Afrofuturist elements, um, spoken words, and just great, uh, just great musicianship all around. To be honest, um, got Joel Ross, Braxton Cook, Felix at the back end of this, um, and some just really good, uh, like I said, spoken word uh, going on throughout. And yeah, every track's kind of just like this mini. Like the vignettes um, in some way, they just all come come across uh, a different thing, talking about a different thing, and then music happens, and yeah, it's kind of an interesting vibe. So I can't complain. Uh, Charlie Smarts and DJ Ill Digits, uh, Charlie Tape. It's weird having my name and then uh, you having people just saying Charlie Tape, which just sounds like three quarters of my name, and I'm just like, it's a bit jarring, but it's fun nevertheless. Um, it's a really good project. I really like Charlie Smarts um, from, uh, he's from, well, North Carolina. I think it's North. Uh, Cooley High uh, uh, alum on that sense. And uh, I remember his project from like 2020. Really enjoyed that. Um, so, yeah, man. Been looking forward. Been, uh, just when I saw this, I was just like, oh, good. Good. Got it. Uh, Charlie Smarts is still going. And uh, this is a, it's really, really solid. Uh, just some fucking good hip-hop to be honest i can't really say much less it's got good samples great beats uh a couple of good features nolan the ninja uh tab one sky zoo uh ninth wonder does a couple of tracks as well jay cyanide um so there's just some really good stuff all over here and there's really fun intervals radio tra- like radio transmission stuff like that and they have you know just the likes of Static Selector just going, um, you know, you listen to the Charlie tape, so it gives, a, you know, it gives off a mixed tapey vibe. Um, but yeah, man, I just really enjoy the project. It's a really, really replayable listen. Really enjoyed listening to it. Uh, what is next on the thing? <laughs> oh yes, um, <laughs> Hit Boy and Big Hit. Hmm. Uh, Surf or Drown Two. <sighs> 
hits him much. Yeah. Who's Big Hit? <laughs> is Big Hit his rap persona? His dad. It's his dad. His dad. Okay. Yeah. So his dad's just got out of jail, apparently. Um, so I'm feeling that this is kind of just a record that Hit Boy just had on lock and just put his pops on it, um, which I'm not complaining. All good. I'm on that front. Um, just unfortunate that there's a lot more drowning than surfing on this one. Um, really kind of just, there were just more tracks I didn't really enjoy than most, to be honest. Um, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the, uh, kind of like just mm, middling beats really, like there's a couple that are decent, uh, you know, uh, where's these, um, more for me, wake a game up, like sunrise, I was okay, Tony Fontana 4. That's only when it comes to the beats. Um, when it comes to the lyrics themselves, I was just, I was just kind of just not really into it. Um, not really that great, to be honest. Big Sean, Dom Kennedy on here as well. Yeah, it was just a bit, just a bit, um, just a bit middling, to be fair. Um, wasn't really that much of an enjoyable listen. Uh, Static Selector, Round Trip. Um, I spin this one last week, obviously. Um, and uh, this one I really enjoyed. Um, it's right on an hour. Great features all around. Posts on Round Trip for Dave. Really enjoyed that one. That was just really heartfelt. Really respected that. Ransom and AZ on Historic. Great. Uh, Benny the Butcher on Different League. I forget who else is on that terminology as well. That was really good. Uh, fucking Unpredictable, which is just the, you know, just the blue track, of course. Uh, Life and Times with Joey Badass. He just took that track and just ran with it. Absolutely amazing. MOP and Cormega on this different. Really enjoyed that. Um, no idea why Baldy James is on Lionhearted. I would have messed with Just L's eye on that one for See, me. That's just um, bro. He's fucking Detroit legend. Come on now, just relax. <laughs> I know you don't like him, but like, hey? why wouldn't he be on hey? there? <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not. I just. It's, I just didn't. Didn't. Didn't feel like it. Didn't. Didn't. didn't I, I was listening to L's eye, and then I was listening to Baldy James. I was just like, oh, I'd Detroit, rather. Detroit man, it's Detroit time. Detroit Town. I'm sure I know, I know it is. I get the connection. But, you know, in FIFA Ultimate Team rules, I class that as a kind of like a yellow band, if anything. Okay, like, yeah. I need a full green. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nems on the new Joe was kind of hilarious because why are you flexing the fact that you're the new fat Joe? That just makes... Yeah, that was a weird one. No. That just, I just don't get why that's a flex. It doesn't seem on the flex you think it is. Uh, Marco Plus and Co. The Friend on the, uh, right here. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Ruben Vincent on The Code. Red Veil and uh, Got to Give. Uh, and yeah, uh, Full Circle as well. That was a pretty decent finish. But yeah, man. Great sex. Like the beats. He never misses, of course, on the beats. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a standard procedure on that front. But yeah, man. Really enjoyed that album. Uh, Jamal Gasol and Friend of 5e, Vic Spencer. The Right Way for Dummies. Little EP. Little Care Package. Um, I haven't listened to Jamal Gasol before, so that was kind of interesting listening to him. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, if you listen to Vic Spencer, you know what's up, and uh, it's 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 all the good shit that you ex- that you should expect. Um, great ear for beats as always. I think August uh, August Fanon was on uh, some of the boards as well. Um, so yeah, really good stuff. Uh, what's next? Oh, Killer Mike, Michael. So yeah, um, I have a lot of projects to talk about <laughs> i don't want to make this a, a long thing but um i'm kind of at this point where i don't really know what i'm supposed to what i'm getting out of listening to killer mike anymore um 
you know, I saw uh, Thomas Hobbes did a good interview with him on the Telegraph via the Telegraph, um, and <laughs> in his tee up on it on the tweet, Thomas Hobbes said something like uh, any capitalist uh, uh, lyrics, obviously for Run the Jewels, and I'm just like, but is he anti-capitalist though? Is he though? So and and this whole album, and I get it, right? It's kind of like Mr. Morale vibes, where you know it's supposed to be contradictory. I get it. Same with like the weekend. That's his whole career. That's the whole ethos, right? I get the contradictory nature, um, but it just it it just comes out as not confusing, but just a bit uh, just a bit raising question marks in my head. Why am I listening? Um, if you can't figure out your shit, if that makes any sense, like if you if you don't have a clear message for me, I'm kind of but just that's, I feel like wondering. that's been killing Mike for I know, a while. It's, it's a, it's a matter of interpretation, of yeah. course, and that too, right? So, you know, I'm being, I don't know, probably I'm, I'm saying it wrong, but no, um, yeah. Uh, the production was solid, like, the production was solid, it was like, you know, gospel hop, a lot of southern elements, of course, a lot of other things as well. Um, features were kind of hit and miss for me personally, um, but <laughs> yeah, just uh, go read um, go read the Craig Jenkins Ken Mike uh, interview on uh, Vulture, and uh, you'll see what I mean, because... Uh, that's that's kind of why why I just where I just stop where it comes to killing Mike comes uh, some of the some of these lyrics are just dumbfounding to me where he's like if you're woke you're broke it's like what are we doing here like what 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 are you trying to do I get you're trying to be you are a layered person we all are and I get it but it's just like <laughs> you can't expect me to fuck with that um, and I don't so it's what it is uh, moving on to if I get my list up, uh, which is next. Hannah Jadagu, Aperture. Very interesting album here. Um, if you like a uh, little bit of indie rock here, you, you've got Hannah Jag- Jadadu, Jad- Jadagu. It's the D and the G that throws you off. But anyway, it's really good. It's a really good album. I actually really enjoy it. I'm not even an indie person, um, but uh, you know, I saw it. I saw it like a clip or something. Gave it a spin. And yeah, you know. If you're down that Arlo Parks, Rachel Chinnery route, that I'm also down. Um, so, you know, go for it. <laughs> Black girls doing indie. We're here for it. Um, big dubs. Uh, Hemper Sativa. Chaka. Oh, I love me some Hemper Sativa, man. I love me some Hemper Sativa. Um, this is a very bold album and a very, um, a very just great album to listen to. She's, uh, she she really unloads on some versatility with this album. Um, sound sound the trumpets. Uh, sound the trumpet um, is absolutely crazy. It's just this big bold roots reggae track, but it just tu- it just bleeds into this dub reggae hit, and it just goes on and on for like seven minutes, and it's just a fucking heater. Absolutely crazy. Freedom on the on the front end is really good as well. Uh, Ghetto Life, fucking Ganja Hustling, it's a great fucking track. Strictly Roots is super fun to listen to. Uh, Wisdom as well. There's just some really just banging reggae on here. And um, I say this when I when it comes to the likes of Damien Marley, um, but reggae eyes can rap as well. And Temperance Sativa is definitely one of those that can definitely fit the bill. And definitely put in some bars. Um, there's one I forget one I forget which track is is it it is specifically, but 
there's this time there's this time where she just goes off and she is just blasting through shit and is absolutely crazy. Uh but yeah, shout out to Hamper Steva. Uh I I was told it's Fabo. Um, but it's P H A A B O. I've I've been saying Fabo for the past couple of days, but apparently it's Fabo. Don't get too cozy. Um, so if you look on his bio, he has like a list of you know. Um, he's he's I, I'm assuming originally a songwriter or just gained no right through his songwriting, and um, has done works for the likes of you know Kalani and others. Um, and when you read that list, you kind of and then you listen to the album, you're just like, oh, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> There's just, it's just that really bass heavy, super slow, uh, you know, relationship shit, sexual shit, um, but it's tasteful. It's tasteful in my mind. It's not exactly forced or anything. It's not much, not any cringe uh, when it comes to it, unlike some. And uh, yeah, it's just a really, really solid album. If you like that super sexy R&B shit, there you go, Fabo. Get, don't get too cozy. Uh, Tainted Taz, the commencement, got uh, given this off email. Um, I think it's dropping uh, next week. Let me just get the details up right quick. Um, she is 21 years old, by the way, from Texas, uh, from Dallas, Texas. Uh, drops in uh, the commencement drops on 30th of June. Um, so I've got a little, uh, little, little, little quick, little quicker, you know, just a little quick drop on that. Uh, but yeah, it's four track EP. Um, there is a, a video for Hit List as well, um, which is a really solid track. Um, there is a freestyle as well, and that really goes hard. Uh, but yeah, she has just great energy, really interesting voice, um, and just uh, yeah, man, just one to look out for in my mind. Uh, commencement, thirtieth uh, of June. Go give that a spin. And uh, lastly, Hack Baker, World's End FM. I've been wanting to listen to this for about nearly a fortnight now. Um, and I told, I told Ben that he featured in, um, the streets his uh, latest album and, uh, it's very, uh, fitting that he did, that he was featured in that album because this album just screams, screams streets vibes, got that punk rocky element to it as well. I fucking, I, I know the, I know the radio thing, you know, the radio motif that people do with albums you know, I can. It's 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 sometimes done a little bit, just you know, whack, right? And it's been a bit overdone in you know in the past decades and stuff. But this hits different when he does it. So fucking good. Goes into this track, do laddie at the beginning, and it's so fucking high energy. I'm so here for it. Windrush baby, collateral cause, bricks in the wall, full on. Babylon must fall. The skits, the skits on here are so fucking funny. They just, they, they stick. They keep you in the, they keep you in the world that is being built here, which is that the world is ending and you're listening to World's End FM. And uh, Hack Baker's just, you know, giving off like a, you know, just kind of like life testimonies. And uh, shout out to Connie Constance on Office Burning because her phone call was funny as fuck. <laughs> Uh, that was very hilarious. Um, Brotherhood, really tight track where Hack Baker's just talking about his, uh, just his uh, friends from childhood and how they shared shit, like everything. And that comes into Love You Bro with Big Z's and they're talking about that shit. Um, and then it gets to the end of the world at the last track where it's like this like six, seven minute, um, just smooth, we're about to die kind of thing. But it's like... 
and then you have people talking and there's this dude who was just like kind of like on the phone calling in and he was talking about his life and how he attempted suicide and shit and it's like super deep Oh, it's just a really like as world building goes in albums like this is so top tier i fucking enjoy this album it's really fun um really somber at points it really takes you on a roller coaster ride um and yeah man um definitely something i would love to see just hit the mercury prize nominations because it just feels like one of those albums that um you know pull a lot from british music from back in the day and also recent stuff but it is so unique in how it applies it all you know you get some clash vibes but you also get some streets vibes but you also get some uh uh fucking uh just <laughs> just some really poetic stuff as well um and also on top of that the world build and the phone in skits it just it, 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 it it's using stuff that's been used before but it just builds a really unique package and very authentic package. So uh, yeah, respect to Hag Baker on that one. And when I said, oh, just under twenty, just over twenty minutes. Damn, right, I was trying to get under twenty minutes. Uh, we shall get into our eighteenth edition of the ITD Bites, which is going to be all about uh, Tyler Creator's um, Rap Radar uh, interview, um, which is, you know, I've I've said this before. I don't really look for. I don't listen to many other hip-hop podcasts, right? Um, apart from, you know, Combat Jack from back in the day, I there's just nothing that tops it, to be fair. And I don't really... I don't really care most of the time of who's talking. Um, if I do, you know, want to hear what, you know, Rhapsody's saying about something, maybe, sure. You know, Kendrick on Rick Rubin, sure. You know what I mean? Just them, them, you know, just singular moments that you just feel like, I'll give that a spin. But listening to someone else's, um, you know, in Rap Radar pod or Rap Caviar pod, I'm not listening to that episode on episode. It's just not going to happen. Um, but with all that said, we get into this Rap Radar um, uh, interview, partly because some very interesting stuff was just said, to be honest. And um, we wanted to kind of unpack it because uh, it, it caused a lot of furor uh, over on rap Twitter and also rap Instagram, I guess, if I mean Faven is a thing. Um, <laughs> but you know, a couple of people got a bit, got a bit, um, you know, got a bit, got a bit angsty over it. And um, you know, Ben, Ben, and I were talking about it uh, off wax, and uh, we're just gonna get into a couple of these quotes and uh, unpack them a little bit, and also out the fact that Jesus Christ, <laughs> oh, the the interview process is not great but anyway that's we're not here to critique rap radar <laughs> not for now anyway uh but yes uh ben has lovingly and uh dotingly uh has transcribed uh what we wanted to unpack uh so yeah thanks on that ben and let's get into it yeah well you know there were some things that tyler said on here that i don't agree with and i think he contradicted himself pretty bad so i said before we like when he when he put these quote when these quotes came out, I tweeted about him and I said to Charlie, let's just see what happens here. See if we can have any kind of disc. No, 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 no discourse. No discourse. It was just you disagree with Tyler. The fuck is wrong with you? You're wrong. I'm like, but Tyler said that the sky is red, and they're like, yeah, but Tyler said it, so it must be right. So 
there's never going to be any nuanced conversation on social media, so let's just have it here. So I'm going to read out some of the quotes. I'm going to react to them a little bit. Elliot Wilson kind of set the ball rolling. I mean, this was like two minutes into the entire interview, and this is what I want to impress upon people. It's not like Elliot Wilson and BDOT were like hard-hitting journalists and were like dragging Tyler into these places that he didn't want to go. He just went wherever the fuck he wanted to go. He just talked. And when he started dragging rap Twitter... It was completely unprompted. <laughs> like, Elliot Wilson and BDOT did not mention it at all. I'm going to read out how we got to that point because I think it's important to figure out how we got there and then see where we went from there. So right at the start of the interview, Elliot Wilson says that you had the first rap album to hit number one on the hip-hop and R&B chart in three different years. Do you pay attention to that? And then we get a bit of a, a rant from Tyler about, about numbers. So he says, that's super cool. But I got to a point where numbers don't mean anything because you can't really have a metric for who is watching. Cultural relevance, you'll be the biggest artist in the world, but no one wants to dress like you and watch your interviews. And it could be the other way around. People could want to emulate your style, but nobody really listens to your song. When I put Dogtooth out on Instagram and then he just talks about Dogtooth numbers in comparison to Sorry, Not Sorry as well. Um, then he says, to get that many views on a song like that on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, like, wow, which made me think none of these numbers even matter because what are we basing this metric on? So-and-so could get 10 million views in a week. I'll have a video peak lower and just stay there, but I could tour and do a bunch of other things. So the number thing, I'm at a point where I don't really like that conversation. So I want to react to that because... Of course you're at that point, Tyler, because your numbers are not an issue. You're an institution at this point. Whatever you put out, you're going to sell. You're going to do fine. It's you know, it's the same as Kanye rapping, having money is not everything, not having it is, which is one of the best lines in hip-hop history, of course. When you've got money, you don't give a shit about money. You're like, yeah, money, okay, cool, I got money. But when you don't have money, it just like defines your entire existence. So for Tyler to say, I'm at a point where I don't like the conversation about numbers okay like that's a flex and as we get further into this interview and anyone who's actually watched the entire interview will know tyler defends his bragging on his previous album like to the hilt on this interview it's almost like this interview was designed for him to defend the fact that he's bragging so much and i started to analyze the album i got about halfway through and you know probably no one's gone deeper into Tyler Creator lyrics than I have because I've done the the maturation of Tyler. I went through every single bar with a fine tooth comb and put in all these different categories. This is the most he's ever bragged on an album by such a long margin. And I find it just so jarring that he'd be bragging about one kind of numbers, which is how much money he has. But then when he, we're talking about numbers and we're trying to praise him on Twitter by saying, you know, your album did this, this, he's like, don't give a shit about that. Couldn't care less. You guys are fucking stupid for even talking about that. So this is a big problem because, you know, Tyler seems to be... And then, so from that place, and maybe I'll let Charlie just react to that because I'm about to jump into the rap Twitter stuff, but I thought that that was a terrible place to start. Did not set the interview off very well at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really... Uh, in, in a vacuum... Um, I don't mind the quote, right? I don't mind the fact that he doesn't care about numbers, you know. Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, in repeating this, cultural relevance, you'll be the biggest artist in the world, but no one wants to dress like you and watch your interviews. It could be the other way around. People could want to emulate your style, but no one really listens to your songs. I mean, <laughs> in a vacuum, it's like, it is what it is, right? And 
I always wonder, uh, you know, when I go to a live show of somebody, right, and I'm seeing demographics, for example, where I'm just like, huh, didn't expect it to be like this. <laughs> and I see that and I'm just like, hmm, interesting. Um, but I just always, I always wonder if, like, the artist actually cares about that or just sees the sea of certain faces and I'm just like, oh, and and they're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Maybe it's just because where, where I'm at, right? Because if you're doing a show in Germany and you're in hip hop eyes, they're going to be white. It is what it is, right? Um, but for this, like, and then adding the context, yeah, like, you're flexing on one thing, but you also don't care on the other side. It's just kind of, kind of weird because it all assists you um, in some fashion. Um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, Tyler's, Tyler's motivations for shitting on this conversation become immediately apparent like two minutes in. So he jumps immediately from where I just left to unprompted. You know, I fucking hate rap Twitter. Like, I hate rap Twitter. Some fucking 20-year-old white kid in Minnesota that just wants engagement, that has no context and didn't grow up with the music, that's shaping how young kids think about it. I really hate rap Twitter. And like, I bring that up because you've got rap Twitter and you just want engagement. So you'll say something stupid like, Lil Pookie Dookie is more important than anything Jay-Z has done just for engagement. He does that just so people argue. They're not actually talking about the song they like, the lyrics, the musicians, the music at all. Then they start arguing. Then they bring up numbers. So-and-so sold this. That has nothing to do with how you feel about it. They just start bringing up numbers. So when that's the main conversation on Twitter about numbers, views, Spotify count, popular songs, this is underrated, this is overrated, what do you think of my top five? The conversation becomes the focal point for some 19-year-old who's making music now, who is now worried about, I need this to go viral, whatever platform, um, and it affects the art. He says it affects the art. So personally, I think this is just really a dumb thing to say. I understand his perspective and I understand what he's talking about. I mean, anyone who has rap Twitter and hip hop Twitter knows exactly what he's talking about. It's literally defined by the algorithm at the moment. So now all you're getting on Twitter at the moment is, hey guys, name an album that you listened to once or name an artist that you've heard of before in your life. Like it is just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. So let's just start with his comments about saying stuff for engagement, all right? That is literally the point of Twitter, like genuinely. Someone replied to one of my tweets the other day saying this is bait, and I felt like replying to him, pretty much every single public tweet is bait. Like, that's the whole point of it. Why post it publicly? If you don't want people to comment on it or engage with it, just keep a journal or scrapbook. Like, that's the point of social media. So Tyler's criticism is not rap Twitter. His criticism is social media on a whole. And I'll tie all that up soon. I, I, I promise I will. But I, I first just want to say that, yes, social media fucking sucks, Tyler. It is a cesspool of abuse, aggression, anger, ignorance, so many negative things. But I want to skip forward a long way in the interview because a lot of people were mashing these two clips up. So when he says what he's about to say, he actually says it again at the end of the interview, again unprompted, where he again just starts shitting on hip-hop Twitter, just completely out of the blue. And he says... Bro, who because Elliot says to him, I tried to bait Tyler last night into the whole best rapper in the game, the big three, he wouldn't go for it. Tyler immediately cuts him off and says, bro, who gives a fuck? You know what annoys me? When people say, this is my top five, you've got 17-year-olds saying Ready to Die and Enter the Wu-Tang is my top 10 album. 
it's performative. And this word performative really like seemed to mobilize Twitter behind Tyler the Creator. I don't know why or how, but that was the one that I saw people being like, oh, this is it. Yeah, it's so performative. That's what hip hop Twitter is, just performative, blah, blah, blah. Okay, firstly, off rip, you're a rapper. You're a musician. You're you're a live music performer, okay? Like, okay, that's okay for you to be performative there, but it's not okay for people to be performative on, on Twitter. But on top of that, what I wanted to discuss here is Tyler just zooming in on rap Twitter to criticize something that's literally not just endemic on social media, but society in general. I think that that was very telling. I don't think what Tyler's, I don't think the arguments he's making for why he hates rap Twitter, I don't think they're valid. I think it's valid that he doesn't like rap Twitter, but to zoom in on rap Twitter and say it's performative when that's pretty much the fucking basis of capitalism anyway. There is plenty of people out there who may do what they want, but there are the vast majority of people in society, they don't want to fucking go to work every day. They don't want to be a garbage man. They don't want to be a plumber. They don't want to be up at 4.30 a.m. in the morning. They don't get to their job and their boss says, how are you doing this morning? And they say, I'm thinking about ending it all because this is the worst fucking thing in the world. It's 4.30 in the morning and I'm like, elbow deep in another human's shit but they fucking don't say that do they because they're performing they're perf- it's performative that's what you do in life we all do it all the time and if you get to a level in life where you're just capable of being yourself at all the time and people just gravitate towards you because you're so successful you're so you're intelligent you're popular whatever that's great but the rest of us we have to put on an act pretty much all the time it's fucking 6 42 a.m this morning and charlie asked me how my week was Did I tell you guys how my week was? No, I didn't tell you how it was because I'm trying to project a version of myself that is not not really the fucking week I just had. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I've had a fucking terrible week. I've barely left my room. I've had to like keep the blinds closed because even the sun streaming in is too much too much for me at times. That's the truth, but I'm not going to come in here and say it because you don't want to listen to that. So I'm going to tell you, yeah, my week was totally fine. If the person at the cash register says to you, how was your day? And you had the worst fucking day of your life. You're like, yeah, it's fine. You're performing. It's performative. So don't fucking call it out on rap Twitter when it exists literally everywhere in society. So that was the problem that I had with that. And then to say that a kid saying that Enter the Wu-Tang is his favorite album when he hasn't even listened to it or he doesn't even know it, as if that's the worst part of social media, not the endless abuse and aggression and anger and vitriol that makes a kid feel like he has to say that, otherwise he's just going to get fucking dragged. And that's the whole problem I have with this interview. At the risk of summing up way too early, Tyler's like angry at Twitter for like being performative but he doesn't seem to understand the mechanism of that performativeness. For example, I posted my tweet saying I disagree with some of the things Tyler said. I just start getting piled on. I'm just going to delete the tweet. And I might just come back tomorrow and say I agree with everything Tyler said. And I'll get fucking 20,000 likes. Because I'm performing because I can't tell you how I feel truly. Because if I do, people are just going to fucking eviscerate me and hammer me. And make me feel shit for having my own opinion. So for Tyler then to come in here and just start abusing rap Twitter the way that rap Twitter users abuse each other, and then he complains about it being performative, like, do you not understand the climate that makes it performative? Do you not understand that people are terrified to give their opinion? Because if they say, I don't like Enter the Wu-Tang, they're just going to get fucking hammered. And I'm going to be one of the people hammering them because I have a fucking account. I've Someone said the other day they don't like Illmatic. And I was like, 
the fuck are you talking about? You don't like Illmatic. So that person just got, if you go on there, they got like three likes on their tweet and like 400 comments with people just abusing them for not liking Illmatic. Like, that's the problem. Not the fact that someone says they like Illmatic that they've never listened to it. That's harmless. The problem is the kid who says, I've never listened to it, and the 400 people, including myself, who then drag this person for it. That's that's the problem, at least in my head. Well, um, where to begin? Uh, I think it's interesting. Like, so what, are you, are you disappointed that he didn't... Uh, kind of zoom out and just consider why Raptor even exists and why social media exists. There are so many things I'm disappointed. And how it affects society as a whole. I mean, at one point he's talking about promoting himself on Instagram and how he uses Instagram to promote himself and people need to promote themselves. But in the next sure. thing he's saying, but fuck rap Twitter, fuck the people who actually do the promotion for me. Like there was so many aspects of what he said that was just, he he was angry at rap Twitter and like he just were dragging all these yeah, arguments well, because in he's the... a beneficiary of it. It's weird. His whole career, that's his whole career, right? Isn't it? Like that's why, that's why people were trying to put me onto him when Goblin came out. And it's because people were just like, oh, this is edgy, different. Listen to this, bro. This is not like the rap you usually listen to. I'm not saying that's what they said to me, but, you know, that's basically what it was, right? And he was a proponent of that. He was a big proponent of that. He got fucking... Didn't he win a Grammy off that off, off Yonkers or nah, nomination nah. of these? He, uh, he might Something have got like a nom, that. but I don't remember. He might have got a nom. So, yeah, I, I, know, I remember him being at the Grammys at that point. So I'm just like, you know, definitely benefited off... And if we can think about anybody in hip-hop, uh, in contemporary hip-hop history, <clears throat> as a... As, as a large proponent of just social media, uh, quote unquote, rap Twitter, uh, you know, basement dwellers. I mean, fuck, Tyler's definitely up there for people that benefited from those kind of people. Uh, it, it definitely. Um, so, yeah, it does seem on that particular front very just, uh, I guess, hypocritical is the word. It's just like, fuck these people. It's just like, bro, that's your whole fan base. <laughs> like you didn't say your whole fan base, but you basically said your fan base because that's pe- what's people. That's what people come through. It's like you know, Eagle Goat, like uh, 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 Cherry Bomb Mids. Da, 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 da. It's like people come through to talk about your shit. Like you're part of the issue in that sense of like, and, and you know, he. I bet he doesn't feel like he peddles it, but I see every at least once a year of that exact same. IG then ten IG slides of just Tyler tweets from 2010 from from 2010 to 2013 and they're just like wow. random shit just being said and it's like bro you're still benefiting from this because people still fuck with you for all of this like edgy shit that you used to put out and stuff like that you may not do it anymore you may have grown artistically as best as anybody but you know you still say shit that just comes off weird. And it is what it is, but as for you, you're not the you're not that guy. You're not that guy to say that because <laughs> you literally have benefited from it. Like your your career probably wouldn't have taken off as in the in the way that it did if it weren't for those same people that are basically proto rap Twitter, um, fucking with you. Like that that's that that is what it is. But 
Um, I do also feel like um, uh, on on another end of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's probably there's probably a space um, for you know the interviewers to actually break this shit down and unpack it, um, but uh, obviously not you know move 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 well enough along and just let him say whatever because that's what that's what interviews are these days you, you say one thing and then just have them talk and talk and talk um but here we are um obviously uh trying to unpack all of this because it is a lot and, and like you said this happens twice he says it in one instance and then he says it in another instance so clearly he just woke up with I want to shit on rap Twitter for some for whatever reason because I saw I don't know if he saw something in the morning, whatever. But yeah, um, <laughs> I did feel um, on your uh, on your rant. I was I was I was kind of uh, wondering where you were going because it's just like <laughs> I don't think he's gonna uh, diagnose the reason why rap Twitter exists, and I don't think he's saying it's the worst thing on earth. Uh, you know, I don't think he's saying that. You know. And even if he is, I'm sure it's in jest. So, you know, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> no, but I but yeah, think, I, do, I look, get what you mean. I get yeah. what you meant on the performative tip, by the way. Like, I, I, I understand where you're coming from on that front. Because, you know, we all technically do it. That's what social media is. It's one big... Everyone's an actor in the stage of social media. Look, I think he had a platform to say something meaningful. And instead, he just started shitting on rap Twitter. And he could have shit on rap Twitter in a much more constructive way. He could have said, the problem I and have... we both rap- hate rap Twitter, by the way. We hate, fuck, we hate rap Twitter. It's not like I like we rap Twitter. It. And I think his, <laughs> his, his anger and frustration at rap Twitter is valid. The ho- his <laughs> arguments for why are not valid. Yeah. I think if he could just say, sure. it has so much potential... But it never, ever, ever even comes close to realizing that potential. That's rap Twitter. It's literally... Oh, all, all of this does. AI, social yeah. media, all of this has potential. And, you know, sometimes people have uh, people have gained stuff, careers off of social media. I wouldn't be where I'm at now if it weren't for social media. You know, Tyler Crayer wouldn't be where he is if it weren't for social media. Like, you know... I wouldn't be doing this. We we would, this podcast wouldn't exist if it weren't for social media. You know what I mean? So, of course. I mean, there's there's positive it, things it, I to get social media, I, and if you figure out how to yeah, use social media in a positive way, then you, you're fine. It's hard to think utopian. It's hard to think utopian about it. Like it's really hard because just everyone just makes it a cesspit. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean. That's anyway. the argument. That's the that's the criticism. Is and and you know. <laughs> That's the problem I have with what Tyler said. Like, yeah, I I think it was ridiculous because I think he went too far in on them. I think he was dragging in, and that's what I wanted to say. Like, but also at the same time, he said silly stuff like, "As Charlie, Charlie's the one that brought up his old tweets." Tyler in, is here in this fucking interview saying, "You know, you you've got rap Twitter and you just want engagement, so you'll say something stupid like Lil Pookie Dookie is more important than Jay Z is done just for engagement. He does that so people just argue. They're not actually talking about the song they like, the lyrics, the musicians, the music at all. Then they start arguing. But is this not what you did early in your career, Tyler? There are thousands of tweets out there where Tyler is saying the most inflammatory, wild shit. And again, I don't have a problem with that. I like Tyler's early career. I like Bastard. I like Goblin. I like reading those old tweets. And I'm like, bro, I could never tweet that. You are a wild person for saying these things. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that you said them. But that's the point. Shock rap. Like, that's what he did. So I don't, you know, 
if at the end of the interview, and I think Elliot Wilson does this on purpose, he says to him, let me just read the exact moment. Because he asks him about Goblin. Um, anyway, if you want to... No, here it is. He, he says, Elliot says to him, how do you feel about Goblin? And at one point, I think B-Dot even says to him, you, you like playing the bad guy or you like the bad guy mystique. Um, yeah, here it is. You did kind of play up the bad guy mystique earlier in your career. So B, uh, Elliot Wilson went back to that and was like, mm, you know, you're saying that everyone's argumentative, but you kind of did the same thing. So he said, Tyler replies, yeah, bro, because everyone's fucking crazy. Like, that's why I like that shit in the first place, because you get a reaction and you just watch everyone be kind of hypocritical. Like, there's people out here shooting people, killing people, selling drugs, doing drugs. Like, we're parading dudes that are like, oh, I'm a drug addict. But as soon as you see an upside down cross, that's the end all and be all. Everyone is fucking crazy. So hell yeah, let's lean into this shit. We're the devil and shit. And people will be like, oh, that's the last straw. Like, so, you know, when I, he says, when I was younger, that's why I was, that's how I was doing it. I was watching my grandmother give the deacon money, and I'm like, this dude's just going to go buy another Cadillac. This whole thing you're fucking doing makes no sense. So when I was 17, seeing all this shit, like, hell yeah, we're putting upside down crosses on this thing to watch the older generation freak out. Like, that's what you just criticized earlier. You know what I mean? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Didn't you just say you there's, hated how... No, there's no deeper meaning. It's, it's literally just that. It's literally just edge lord shit. That's literally all it is. And that's okay. And, it's, and again, I have a problem with fine, that. But be fine. aware of it. But I, I, I just, there's just, there's just nothing. Like this is why I haven't. I've attempted so many times over the years to give Goblin specifically a spin, and I just can't do it. It's just so impossible for me because it just feels so like you're just saying shit you're just saying shit just to be edgy and it's like it's, it's there's no depth to it and i'm not expecting that but it's kind of just it's it is very funny how you know you you get a people for uh you know being just one note and <laughs> and you still like the project as he says in another quote if you don't mind me reading it bro goblin is fucking terrible but i still love it it's an energy and an aura that it, that it has. Me not realizing I'm yelling in every song and saying the most wild shit is what got people there. It's not about the music. It's about that energy and aura kind through that what everyone else was doing. Yonka's awesome. She is awesome. Troncat's still awesome. Analog's still cool. There's a lot of revisionist history being made here, I feel, where you clearly made these, this music just for fucking... Just because... Just because no, just edge lord shit. And again, fine if you want to do that, it's all good. He was what, what nineteen at the point? Fine, bro. I've got no you, problem with the edge lord shit, bro. That's that was me when I was literally. 19 I get too, it. So, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. But like, don't, don't, don't give me this. Don't give me this. It's an energy and aura that it has, <laughs> like and stuff like that, bro. Like that's just you, you, you get, you add in, you add in some retrospectiveness on on this, which you know. Don't want to say we're exposed on that, but you know, it's what the whole fucking podcast is about. <laughs> but, you know, it's just funny. It's kind of funny how he just, uh, just I don't know, clean, cleans up a little bit. It's just like, you know, it's not about the music. It's about the energy, bro. It's about the energy. It's like, okay, yeah, I guess so. Like, edgy. That's it. That's Great. Cool. That's the problem. Sweet. Like, I, I just, it's the lack of awareness. That's, that's the thing that frustrates me. You know, he goes on about, you know, saying that 
he says, so when that's the main conversation conversation about numbers, views, Spotify count, popular songs, this is underrated. The conversation now becomes the focal point for some 19-year-old who is making music, worried about, I need this to go viral. It affects the art. But he's blaming the fans for that. I don't understand how you can blame the fans for algorithms and virality. And that's that's algorithms. That's record labels. That's social media platforms. We don't create the algorithms. We don't, you know, you see what's happening on Twitter at the moment. For example, when I came back to Twitter a couple of months ago. Look up, bruv. When I came back to Twitter a couple of months ago, I was struggling in the algorithm badly. And I tweeted about it on Hip Hop Numbers 2. And one of the other prominent accounts DM'd me and said, this is what we're doing right now. This is what the algorithm wants. So we're doing this right now. And that's what we used to do to each other. Like we'd text each other and be like, oh, the algorithm's changed. Now it likes quote tweets. Or now the algorithm's changed again. It likes replies. Now the algorithm's changed again. It wants you to retweet more and less images. Like it changes all the time and we just do whatever it does. The reason you're seeing all these quote tweets right now is because that's what's helping the algorithm. You know, three, four years ago, a quote tweet went nowhere. It didn't do anything. So no one was quote tweeting because it was pointless. You know, no one would see it. So we're not defining the algorithm. The fans aren't the ones that are defining the art if virality and algorithms are defining the art. And I I don't understand how he attributes that to fans, that fans are the ones affecting. Because then we get this rant about rap caviar, and I want to read it out in full. And I want to explain to you how mad this is. So Tyler says... To all you kids who only listen to Donda because of motherfucking rap caviar. I like Kyle Cherry a lot. Before I met him, I wasn't fucking with him because it's rap caviar. The biggest thing rap could do. I invited him to my listening party for Call Me If You Get Lost because I wanted to tell him in person, how dare he have this playlist rap caviar that all these kids go to? Because kids don't search shit anymore. They go to that. How dare you have that and not have a Tribe song or a Gucci Mane song showing where all these guys are derivative from? How dare you only put this guy's stuff on when he makes a Trap Adjacent song? What you're doing is tricking people that rap is only one thing. What you're doing is kind of the same as Fox News saying, oh, all rappers are like this. What you're doing is kind of putting a battery in that. Rap turns 50 this year, and there ain't no fucking way Q-Tip isn't on there. Why isn't Missy on there? I get it. It's politics. But you got 100 songs. There's only 50, but... He said, you got 100 songs and you're telling me in the top 30 you can't sneak something old in there so the kids can say, what is this? Questioning this. Put something from 07 in there. I told Carl Cherry, it's not fair and it's not fucking right and it's detrimental to this thing that we love that changed so many lives. Don't fucking do that. Do not do that. It's not fair. I told him. We're cool now, but when I first met him, I was not fucking with him. I love this shit too much for someone to come and say, oh, this shit is hard. But when it's something different, there's no respect for it, and I don't fuck with this, and I let him know that shit. So B-Dot then says, to t- by the way, I agree with everything he said there. Perfect. Oh, Fucking yeah, definitely. Like, nailed it's it. Fu- it's fuck rap caviar all day. Like, we know this, but, like, but, yeah. No, on. hang on. Let me just continue, because B-Dot yeah, 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 then says... Yep. B-Dot says, so now when you go to the playlist, there's something from yesteryear. Tyler responds, there fucking better be. Better have a D-La Soul song on there, some Timbaland I'm, I'm and some Missy. I'm checking it right now, by the way. I've, I've got the statistics. So... I'll check it right now. I'll of the current... Right uh, no, I've got it. Of the current rap caviar, or the, it might have been the previous one. Because okay. it, sure. it updates on Friday. Two songs yep. came from before 2023. Those two songs were Drake and 21 Savage's Spin Bout You... And Metro Boomin's Trance. So every single other song is from 2023. Oh, Dogtooth. <laughs> Dogtooth's in there at the moment. Like, that's madness. 
That's straight up madness. So Tyler's just gone on this crazy rant about, and I agree with him. It's not crazy. I'm not saying it's crazy as in it's insane. I'm saying I fully agree with him and everything he said is true. But like, if he'd just gone on to rap caviar before he hopped in that interview and scrolled down, he would have seen. They didn't do shit after him telling Kyle Cherry to do that. And that's the problem I have. Like, you know, you, you're dragging hip-hop Twitter unprompted, but then Rap Caviar comes up and you're not even checking up on them to see if they're doing what you they said they were going to do. And they're not doing that. So I thought that was just weird to me. Like, it didn't... It, just check. Why not check? Like, seriously. <laughs> I, I mean, this is, this, is the, this is the thing, right? Sorry. For, the, for this particular <clears throat> kind of just uh, part of the conversation, right? Again, um, I echo you. I agree with, you know, what rap caviar is and why it's, you know, um, it, it's, 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 I mean, I'm looking at it now and it's just like, you know, it's, it's just another form of charts, really, in my mind. It's just, it's just got a brand to it. So instead of the official top 40, it's, it's, it, it, the, the official charts company, top 40, done by every commercial radio station in the UK on that Friday or Sunday, whatever the fuck it is, right? Instead of that, it's just rap caviar. Yeah. It's just different branding. That's all it is. It's just different branding. So um, <laughs> in that, that's how I see rap caviar. But obviously, the, Tyler is barking up the wrong tree here in my mind. Like, I don't ex- I'd never expect a contemporary music brand under Spotify to put on Missy Elliott or Q-Tip. I just don't expect that. I really don't. And is that pessimistic of me? Maybe. But I just don't expect that. It's realistic that. I feel of like you. It's not pessimistic of you. It's realistic. I'm not expect. I mean, I expect this. I expect a ton of Coyle Ray and Gunner and Drake and Killbillies and more Gunner and Glorilla, more I get Drake. it. It's supposed to Drake, more Drake, and <laughs> Bill Bit of Future on there, Metro Boobin. I get it. I get what Rap Caviar is supposed to be. If you don't get it, then, like, you know, and I just feel like Tyler's making, uh, uh, for one thing, I don't think this conversation happened in the way that he's speaking about it. Um, I don't think it went like, here's my monologue and why I don't like Rap Caviar, Cherry. Uh, I I don't think he did that monologue. Um, but Even if he did, Carl Cherry was like, "Sweet, not going to do anything about that." <laughs> what? You, well, this is the thing. What do you expect him to do? Do you really expect him to just switch up rap caviar and just make it a hip hop fifty playlist? No, they're just going to make a hip hop fifty playlist on Spotify, exactly, and just you and just promote that, exactly. And if people go onto it. Fine, good, happy days, but I don't expect that. And that's the thing, it's playlisting, bro. Like this these ain't these ain't soundtracks. These are just weekly playlists that are just updated every week to put the newest, hottest shit on there, or just, you know, what the tastemakers think it is. And whatever. People fuck with it. I don't get it. I really just never I've never understood it. Really haven't, still don't to this day. Um you it's literally just is it you just tracks that appear on either TikTok or whatever? It's just radio, bro. So it's, why, that's what, it's, it's kids' it's, version radio. of top 40 it's radio ra- that we watch when we listen to when we're kids. You know? It's literally just another type of radio. There you go. It's literally just another type of radio. And in the same way 
that in hip hop history they had the radio DJs as the gatekeepers. This is just another form of gatekeeping. This is the wrong tree to bark up on. Carl Cherry just answers to whatever Spotify tells him to do. Like it's, I'm not, ex- I don't expect him to just go like, okay, guys, hip hop fifties come in, let's put some Biggie on there. No. It's rap caviar. It's literally the brand. That's literally what they do. That's the MO. You don't ask Mercedes, right, to build a car, to build an affordable two-door sedan for 20000 Not going to happen. You're getting an AMG for sixty grand, and if you don't fucking like it, fuck off. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Go buy a Ford Fiesta, you fucking broke boy. That's all it is. You don't ask Mercedes to do that. I'm not saying rap caviar's Mercedes, part of fucking none. It's I mean, caviar and Mercedes, me. both expensive things. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. Leave me alone. But uh, I just wanted to make an analogy. But it's the same thing. It's just like you don't expect a. You don't expect this thing who, who where they're supposed to be doing this, and that's their mo. That's their brand, and tell them to put some Missy and Q-tip on there. Don't be dumb. And even if you did care, you clearly didn't hop on there, hop on, uh, get, get back on them with it. Hey, what about uh, the Q-tip edition? Did you make any Q-tip editions? I know he's not saying that, but he's not going to do that. He's not going to chase them up on this. He doesn't care that much. So why did you make this whole? Why? What was the point of this whole paragraph? What was the point of this spiel? Like, it, uh, <laughs> silly, silly. Honestly, it's like it's barking up the wrong tree. Like, he's not going to do that. That's literally what Rap is supposed to be. It's just Gen Z radio. It's Gen Z top 40. That's all it is, bro. Well, I agree. And I want to finish with... Hang on, let me just read <laughs> Better have some bit. De La Soul on there. <laughs> I just read the other bit. When was De La Soul? It may, they might, might <laughs> have been the at one point. What the fuck is he saying like, Can I read bro, this last bit? Because I don't yeah, know if you read it. Go for it. Fucking better. So, B. Dot says, So now when you do go on the playlist, is there something from yesteryear? Tyler responds. Fucking better be. Better have some De La Soul song on there. Some Timberland and Missy, Missy shit. David Banner. <laughs> I mean, I love David Banner. Imagine Rap Caviar with David Banner on there. That'd be so, I think David that Banner, Banner song, would like. be the closest thing that would fit, oh, so to be honest. Out, out fucking standard. It's so much shit, dude. It blows my mind. Corrupt. No quick on there. Is drop like it, drop it like it's hot even there. No, it's not on what there. What are you talking about? I promise you, Tyler, it's not on there. This is what play. This is, oh, bro. Does he actually not get what playlists are? It's not on there. Like, this is playlists are brands now. I don't, I don't like it as much as the next, per, you know, person, normal person. But it's <laughs> drop it like it's hot. Imagine, 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 imagine someone just slaps on rap caviar. (laughs) And they just have some fucking. And then they have like the Metro Boomer shit on there, right? (laughs) And the next next track is. Fuck off. It's not happening. You're like, oh, this is horrible. This is a horrible. I'll finish the quote just just for sakes, but. And that concludes the conversation about music on the internet, talking about how many plays a song has on Spotify. Like, why does that even matter? Why does it matter how many plays it has? It's irrelevant. Do you like the song or not? I don't know, man. The shit is stupid. I hate all this shit. Okay, so one quick thing on that, right, before we continue. Um, you know why it does matter. 
you you know why it matters. Like you, you and I get what he's trying to say here, because it's he's he's going down the route of like um how you know of how the hip hop heads um you know go like do you even listen to the music anymore? I think there was I mentioned Thomas Hobbs before actually, but he actually good dropped a good tweet, uh good set of tweets a few days ago. I'm gonna see if I can try and find it, but um, basically just saying you know. All of the discourse is just numbers, you know, chart data. Is where's this person on the charts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? And I know that's what Tyler's trying to say here, but he just instead went down the route of streams doesn't matter or it's irrelevant. It's like, come on, bro, you you know exactly why it fucking matters because that kind of the, the whole gen my whole general thought about this. I mean, we've reached an hour, but we'll get to the last bit in a second, but. My whole thing about this is that he's constantly looking down where he should be looking up. <laughs> that's that's kind of the whole problem about just all of these quotes. You're looking down at people chatting shit on Twitter. Like, that's what Twitter is. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, it's literally what Twitter is. It doesn't, it's not just on rap Twitter. Don't get me, don't understand. It doesn't happen on just rap Twitter. People chat shit when it yeah. comes to sports. Everything. People chat shit when it bro. comes to film. Politics. People chat shit when it comes to everything. Literally Politics. every oh part days. of Twitter is going to be the same as rap Twitter. If everything. you've never left rap Twitter, I promise you the whole app is the same, guys. It is. Galaxy brain quote, quote, quote on here. Everything is rap Twitter. Yep. Ooh. Everything is rap Twitter. Smoke that blunt. <laughs> that's the problem look I, I just want to end it with and Charlie pretty yeah, much yeah. nailed it but Tyler says and I'll talk about this because obviously he went into this second rant about rap Twitter after the first rant unprompted again he says you know what annoys me when people say this is my top 5 you've got 17 year olds saying ready to die and enter the Wu-Tang is my top 10 album ever it's performative You've got young boys and babies out here, and that's your favorite album. I don't care about people's objective top nothing. Tell me what is your favorite shit, because you learn so much from people. You get context. I want to know why you think Pookie Dookie's second album is your favorite. Maybe you have memories attached to it. I want to hear that. I don't care about objective top fives. The kids be doing it with me. They do a tier list of the albums they like of me and ask people thoughts. You're asking people their thoughts on what you hold to your heart? What kind of stupid shit is that? That's why I hate rap Twitter, because everything's performative. Everyone is making these lists just to have three people engage. Who gives who the fuck who who gives a fuck who the top three is? Jamiroquai is my favorite band. I don't know anyone who talks about them and I don't give a fuck because I enjoyed it in my house and my and my car. So why the fuck are we sitting here arguing about oh you don't have Tupac in your top five? No, I was born when he was at his peak. Who gives a fuck? Tell me your personal top five. So it's cool, like, obviously it's cool if Tyler doesn't want to talk to anyone about the music that he likes, but they literally talk about the music they like in that interview. So I don't really understand what his point here is. You know, he's saying that, I don't know, it's just it's just really confusing to me. And I think, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's just reductive to the whole thing. I, I, don't, I don't understand. And one thing I will say is, you know, I think actually having existed on hip hop Twitter for a very long time, conversations about numbers are far better than conversations about what people's personal top fives are and personal opinions are. When you start digging into how people really feel 
about these albums and these you're just like I really wish you hadn't shared that with me that's not it's not going to help me in any way I'm not going to learn anything from this it's not going to push the conversation forward I always feel like there's interesting things to be talked about with numbers even if the numbers are as basic as monthly Spotify listeners I find it interesting to see like 070 Shake for example she just popped up with like 21 million and she's now in the top 15 female MCs on the entire platform, people are like, well, how has this happened? You know, what song has she got out that's pushed her popularity up like this? You know, talking about, for example, and I did this, I did this on purpose. I did exactly what Tyler did not want me to do. And I ranked his albums based on what song has the most Spotify streams. So I went through and I looked at all his albums and I looked at what song on each album has the most Spotify streams. And that was a fascinating conversation. We talked about why that might be the case for certain songs. Like, for example, I think She has more um, Spotify streams than Yonkers now, which people were like, that's unbelievable because when Yonkers came out, it was so big. And, you know, all of the songs except Dogtooth have a feature. So people were talking about, well, maybe he only, you know, maybe it's the feature that's carrying it. Like, there's a full discussion. I don't want to hear... You know, for example, if it's a Mac Miller album, I want to hear why it's your favorite album. I do. I want to hear your personal story because I have my own personal story. But when it comes to a Playboy Cardi album, I don't care. I don't want to hear about your personal story with a Playboy Cardi album because I don't have any myself. I'm not interested. Those conversations aren't going to go anywhere. That's why rap Twitter has evolved into the way the where it is now. It's servicing everyone. Everyone has a common thing. If you have a number. If you have like Spotify plays or number one albums, that's a common thing that we can all attach ourselves to and be like, I understand what that means. So let's have a discussion based on that. And you can have all these discussions cascading down. But if someone just says, I like Playboy Cardi's album because it came out on Christmas Day in 2020 and I had a really good day and I was with my friends and we listened to it and it was a banger. What conversations are we going to have underneath that? Mostly on hip-hop Twitter, it'll be like, you're a fucking loser, you probably have no friends, you probably lied and made all this shit up, fuck you. That's probably the conversation you're going to have. So it's just a lack of understanding of what hip-hop Twitter is in general. And yeah, shitting on it is fine, but don't shit on it for the wrong reason. Shit on it for the right reason. And that's what I had a problem with this entire interview, with Tyler's target makes sense, and I don't disagree with his target, but the way that he chose to attack that target was just all wrong all wrong and it showed me he doesn't have a real understanding of why hip and maybe he shouldn't maybe he shouldn't maybe it'd be super creepy if he'd like studied hip-hop twitter the way that i have for example i'm on there every day and he came in and just completely dissected it and is like these are all the problems and you're sitting there like oh shit you really do spend a lot of time on hip-hop twitter maybe you shouldn't go on there that much maybe you should focus on making music which is obviously what he's doing so yeah anyway tyler triggered me bad it was it was triggering to me. I mean, I mean yeah, tri- triggered you so bad. We did a whole episode of it. <laughs> we had to, man. I had to get it off my chest. I had to respond. I felt personally attacked when Tyler started uh, talking yeah. about numbers, and I'm like, he's like, I hate hip hop Twitter numbers, and I'm like, fuck, that's hip hop numbers without the Twitter in it. God damn it. Yeah, and um, and overall, just it, it come the whole thing. Uh, comes across as kind of just uh he didn't need he he didn't even need he could have literally just woken up and put his phone down and press record and literally just could have talked um he could have just done this on ig live but instead this is a apparently a podcast interview 
Um, and that's what kind of it's it's weird because I feel like you know the reason why people spin interviews is to you know gain that shit that you know that you can't get from like a you know just like some random IG live or just someone chatting shit or you know someone just tweeting up a storm or whatever. It's supposed to be different, but the fact that these come off as just like several hundred character tweets is just kind of funny to me. Very ironic, right? He just hates Raptor, but this kind of just comes off as just one big, uh, one big Twitter storm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's where he grew so, up. Like Tyler, Tyler exactly, built his exactly, following literally exactly, at the genesis of hip hop exactly. Twitter. So he is the he understands exactly. it on that level. Yeah. So it's it's not mm-hmm. surprising he's mm-hmm. speaking from that place. You're, I think you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, I I I I listened to uh, I watched a, a YouTube video recently. Um, where the uh, the whole subject was kind of just on uh, why academic papers are actually just written so poorly, where they're just saying big words and you've read an academic report, right? It's just like many times you, di- you didn't need to say it. You didn't need to say it like that. It's, it's maddening. Right? It can get. It's like they've got a thesaurus open next to them, or like a slang journal of slang terms. <laughs> It's, it's like you can't you you can't say it's like you, you you just you have to you have to say a geeky word every three words otherwise you get a bullet dead. It's 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 like a it's like they got their life threatened to actually write like that, right? And on in this on the other side of the spectrum, you got people like Tyler that grew up on social media, whether he likes it or not, and speaks like it. This comes off as one big tweet, like I said, and you know, is what it is. That's just how society's influenced how we talk and how we do dialogue. There's probably if you transcribe some of my rants on here or almost good, they probably come they probably give off tweet vibes, maybe. I don't know. Um it's a subconscious thing that we don't talk about. Um but Bloody hell! It just, just screams, just oozes off off all of these quotes, man. It just it gives off just big Twitter rant vibes, and I can I I, I didn't watch. I listened to some of it, but I didn't watch uh, the the podcast. But I can just imagine the other the other dudes just going, uh huh, pretty much, uh huh, uh huh, just <laughs> just no no comeback, no no like you know dig down and that end, just uh huh. It to me, just might as well have been a tweet. To me, that is the embodiment of the problem in general. Like the embodiment of what happened when Tyler said what he said and Twitter just nodded along. Twitter were just like, oh yeah, haha, yeah, it's, that's right. It's, 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 my, it's my band word, bro. It's content. Hmm. It's content. And when I said, we shall leave it there. And I'll be to a lighter note. Have you got anything better than content, Ben? No. Everything I have is content. Nothing. I don't have anything more than just. Everything is content. Nothing else. Everything is content. God damn it. Um, But yeah. um, I mean, the only things I got is um, house in um, in the next. Well, for for the next week, um, for the first time, gonna be minding some use, making sure they actually eat and sleep, and I guess other things as well. But those are the main two. Hopefully they could do the rest for themselves, um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I've never done it before, um, so yeah, it's gonna be 
intriguing. Um, on the recording front, obviously, we're dropping this on Tuesday, but I've got a couple of good long reads on what's good, um, one on Black Liberation and one also on the invisible um, invisible members of the Windrush generation, um, which if you are in the UK is uh, celebrating its 75th anniversary uh, next Saturday or Sunday. Ne- well, next week. Let's just say next week because there's a lot of festivities going on during the weekend. Um, but yeah, man, just some really good stuff there, and uh, I'm gonna, I, I can't go to none of it, <laughs> so that's, that's great, that's bully for me, um, but yeah, man, I'm uh, looking forward to the Windrush festivities especially, and just the, uh, dialogue that needs to happen, uh, overall, um, but, you know, Boris is taking over the fucking news cycle, so, you know, what, what else, what, what can the news media do? Oh, they just have to cover it. All the 24-7 just has to be covered. I have to know whether t- Boris Johnson took a shit at a party. Just have to, we just have to know. So uh, That's nasty behaviour, but you shouldn't do that at a party. You should be well prepped prior to the party and understand the situation before <laughs> you go because it's not cool when you're at a house party and someone I, does that. It's bro, like that's, bro, you're out of the party. I hosted a party one time. I hosted a party one time and a dude took a shit in my house. I'm just like, bruv, what are you doing? You <laughs> that always was f- do one beforehand, geese. If you feel, or if you leave. feel like you haven't had one. Or leave. Like if, you feel, if you feel like you haven't done a thing in a bit, get one out of the way. Don't do it at the house party. Because people, bro, there were two. The funny thing is, man, there were two girls waiting. I remember this so fucking vividly. Like I was downstairs and I see him come out. And then, like a couple of, a couple of, like a minute or so later, two girls come through and they go to me and they just go like, "Oh, like, oh someone's shit in the toilet." I'm just like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Would you know who it was? It's like, "Oh, he came out of there." So I'm just like, oh, "Of course it was." Um, so like I pulled him back and I was just like, "Bro, like, why, why'd you take a shit in the toilet?" He's, and he, for some reason, as if there weren't witnesses, literally just waiting outside the, the door. And they literally kept, just came to me to tell me, I'm not, I'm not gonna kick him out at night. And I'm just like going like, bro, what are you doing? Like, and he was, and he was like lying, going, oh, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I'm like, bro, I don't care if you took a shit in my loo. I'm just saying, why, like, don't take shit in people's loos when you're in a house party. Yeah, there's nah. like 12, thirty people here. Like, everyone's gonna, there's gonna be lines for the loo and stuff. Now they have to aer- aerate the shit. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's unnecessary. Like, it's nasty but behavior. <laughs> he just kept lying. I'm like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I'm like, I don't care. Stop fucking lying. It, I know it was you, it's fine. But just, uh, just well, first of all, stop fucking lying. I'm like, why are you capping? It, it don't make sense. Like, I, they they came out. They saw you come out. Like, that, so funny. Absolutely hilarious. Nasty behavior, guys. Just don't do Absolutely it. Absolutely. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, life Pay tips. Yourself. Don't take shit at house parties. Come on, just don't do that. It's poor. <laughs> it's terrible it's the worst etiquette you can do you can't do that you just can't you ruin the house party can't blow up the loo house parties house parties need that aesthetic they need a vibe they need an energy you know you it's hard to modify that and if you fuck it up if things go south the loo you can't pull the energy back you fuck the whole house party up the whole house smells like you it's awful (laughs) Disgusting behaviour. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Party etiquette rule number 126. Don't nuke the loops. Don't. Don't be that guy. Please don't. Anyway, on the note of nuking, with duking, we leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Fifth End Podcast Network, it's been Digging Digits. Have you enjoyed this episode? I'm Charlie Taylor, Fifth Element. From Ben Carter, Fifth Pop Numbers. Uh, speaking of duking, um, next week. <laughs> Oh. That was rude. That was a rude segue. That's rude. I'm gonna leave it right there. There's a great segue, to be honest. Is people gonna find that shit out next week? Go leave it right there. Speaking the new kid, tune in next week. Uh, hope you'll have a good week. I sure was trying to do so. Until next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece of video games by bonus points. Is it your music for it be to use? Socials for Fenement, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and your music will be in the full show notes as well as the names of projects reviewed if you're listening. This has been a 5 EPM production. Thanks for spending time with us. Wish to see you next time on Digging in Digits.